Hey guys, this is another episode of 81 Points. Today, a bit of news came out. Uh, Anthony Davis, he has told the Pelicans that he will not sign an extension with their team after his contract is through. And so there is rampant speculation that he is going to be traded to the Lakers soon. So we get into a little talk about Anthony Davis. We've had previous podcast episodes about Anthony Davis. Um, so consider this a part two, the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Um, he's we, coming. He's coming to LA. He's on his way. Some of us feel very good about <laughs> the prospect of him joining the Lakers, um, while others like myself are in wait and see mode. Um, but regardless, we're, we're on the, we're on the boat of at all costs, let's try to get Anthony Gotta Davis. Gotta get him. Um, there are a lot of fans out there that disagree with that and want to hold on to dear life for some of these current young Lakers. Um, so we, we, don't talk- want, we don't want a part two, Paul George part two. Can't have a Paul George part two. Yes. Yeah. So we talk about the trade possibilities for Anthony Davis, our confidence level in the front office to execute a trade. Uh, So we get into all things Anthony Davis in this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy the latest episode of 81 Points. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Okay, we're back for another episode of 81 Points. Uh, can I ask you something? Yeah, of course, man. Uh, do you do you listen to our podcasts, our previous recordings? Um, at all? I, I do. Not all of them, but... Yeah, yeah so I, I do too. And uh, I listen to our latest uh-huh. episode, the one that we just recorded. Uh-huh. And uh, I got to say, we were, we were a little mean. Talked a lot of shit on that one. The uh, most annoying players, huh? Brought out, you know, all the shit talking that was inside of us. Probably because, um, you know, it was more like it remind these players. Some of these players reminded us of real people. You know, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're over the. Uh, I think we got drunk from Haterade. We're over it now. Um, but as Chris Rock said, you know, it had to be said. Someone, Someone had, had to, to say it. it. Um, I was actually thinking about... Uh, there, was, there was one player that we omitted. Uh, I think... Let's say we were older and we were alive... And watching NBA basketball during the Showtime Lakers era. Who would you think would have been the most annoying player to you? Showtime era? Oh. Um, Kevin McHale. Really? Yeah. Right? I think he was... It's got to be at least someone on the Celtics. Yeah. I, I, I honed in on uh, a Celtics player. 
he happens to be Danny Ainge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he happens to be the current GM of the Celtics. Um, so still very he relevant. He was a pretty obnoxious player, if I remember. Yeah. Uh, I, I. So I think. Um, but you know, that's he was also rooted from extreme competitiveness, though. He's another guy who was just he was just extremely competitive. But yeah, nevertheless, I'm just saying, looking guy. at old tape, he had all the makings of someone that would be extremely annoying to a Lakers fan. Oh, for sure. So I'm sure that a lot of Lakers fans out there who were old enough to uh, be around during those days. Still annoying, too, because, I mean, he was the reason why we lost out on Kevin Garnett, him and Kevin McHale. And he could potentially be the reason why. (laughs) That's a good segue, right? (laughs) We may miss out on another player who it's, it's, it's been the worst kept secret in sports but now it's official anthony davis is on the trading block so uh we one of our first episodes that we recorded uh was about our front office and speculation on anthony davis so i'd like to consider this one a part two Mm -hmm. of all things anthony davis uh so the news broke out this morning yeah and this has been pretty much dominating the uh the airwaves um all day yeah do you have any initial feelings um, what was your reaction when you first heard the news oh i mean ex- excitement i i was like i feel like i it's a, it's like the first time where it actually feels a real possibility you know so um well you are the guy who's <laughs> Pretty much guaranteeing this uh, absolutely super team trio. But you know, um, can't you see that? Like, wouldn't you say that it has sort of played out the way as if they did sort of plan everything, right? I mean, this whole Rich Paul yeah. thing. The timing. The yeah. timing is very curious. And the whole Rich Paul factor, um, the way everything has been orchestrated. I mean, even just just think about um, the KCP signing. Whose agent is that? Rich Paul. Yeah. And KCP is going to play a crucial role in this trade if it goes down. You know, because the he salary has a needs. nice, very trade friendly, one year, $12 million deal. Yeah. Um, so I think Rich Paul actually looms very, very large in this whole picture. Uh-huh. Uh, he has a lot of, and it, in a sense, actually, um, in a bigger, bigger picture, it's actually LeBron. It just shows you that LeBron. He's still, like, he's still the big cheese in the NBA. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. still he's still the straw that stirs the drink. Like he he controls everything, man. He's like fucking Thanos, <laughs> you know, from a uh, um, Infinity Wars. Like he is like he wields a ton of power in the NBA, and there's no doubt that he's been orchestrating like this whole thing in the back in the background. Um, and you know ESPN is so funny. So uh, I had lunch um, uh, earlier today at uh, Shakey's, which is okay. Shout out some, to Shakey's. Shout out yeah. to Shakey's. You know, brought back some uh, very nostalgic memories. I see you're um, hanging on to your New Year's diet. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, ESPN was on, and um, it's so hilarious. So it's like the whole the, the leading story is, of course, Anthony Davis demands a trade, right? But under the like the headline, 
there's a little there's a little line right underneath saying LeBron has ex- um, LeBron has expressed how it would be amazing if the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis. <laughs> like that little tagline carried the banner. Like it was in the it was on the screen the whole time that they're talking about Anthony Davis, even when they're not even talking about the Lakers. Yeah, didn't he already say that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're talking about something Le- LeBron said like months ago, and and it's just like it's so funny because ESPN is so obsessed about everything that LeBron does. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is with good reason, though, because I think everybody expects Anthony Davis to come to L.A. So that uh, brings up something that I wanted to discuss. Um, we're Laker fans, right? Mm-hmm. Every, but every other fan base basically hates Lakers. The Lakers and Laker fans. So there's this term that's been that was created recently called Lakers exceptionalism, and it's basically like who coined that? Um, I think Howard Beck. If you know who Howard Beck is, yeah, yeah, um, he's a writer, right? He's a ble- Bleacher Report writer. So uh, the concept of Lakers exceptionalism is basically. Uh, they don't do anything but winning, and there's no humil- humility behind it either. So it's like, <laughs> of course, of course, Anthony Davis is become is going to become a Laker, mm-hmm. you know. And certain fan bases, uh, I I can totally understand like other NBA fans being tired of that. You yeah, know? it's annoying, but at the same time, it's like, what about Boston? I mean, Boston is just obnoxious, just as much as obnoxious. You think so? Oh, for you, sure. You think you think like the average uh, NBA fan that's not that's neither a Lakers nor a Celtics fan would say that the Celtics are just annoying as annoying as the Lakers. I I I totally subscribe to the idea. I East East Coast sports in general is extremely obnoxious. Actually, that's true. East that's Coast true. sports. They believe that they are at the center of everything, really. Not just sports, but everything. Yeah. You know? Um, but they absolutely believe that, um, you know, they call New York the mecca, the, you know, um, the mecca of basketball, the, you know, MSG. Yeah, MSG. Um, you know, Boston is, I mean, you want to call, like, Laker fans obnoxious, which they are, but Boston fans are so obnoxious, you know? Um, is that um, so? That's pretty much like a generally held viewpoint, right? It's not. It's not our like. I would hope so LA because bias. I would want. I'm like, uh, it's ridiculous that Boston fans would get a pass while Laker fans. I'm just saying, you got to spread the hate. If you're gonna hate on the Lakers, you better hate on the. Uh, okay. Yeah, the I agree. Fans, I agree with that. Know? Um, but yeah, I think what adds to it though is the fact that LA. There's a bit of a glamour and glitz to it, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a, it's an easy target, easier target. Yeah, I it, I feel like okay, so I also feel like this kind of works against um, Lakers and Lakers fans mm-hmm. because it's like yeah, of course the Lakers have had a winning tradition. Um, we as fans were used to winning, and basically. Having um, having a superstar on our team at all times, 
and it's almost like because we're so used to having like a Kobe Bryant or a Magic Johnson on our team, it's like a lot of fans almost expect an Anthony Davis to just roll roll through He's without like fans. yeah without yeah. like putting in the work and well, like negotiating like exactly. the right deal. Well, that's that's really interesting because I think that's what Boston fans seem to always try to hang their hat on. Boston and Boston General and Boston fans, they, they try to put up this persona like they're very workman, like they're, they're gritty, right? They always put yeah. this. And to me, I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, look at the Boston Red Sox. Look how, just look at them and how they, um, I know I sound bitter because <laughs> my Dodgers lost to the uh, Red Sox. But just look at their fucking payroll. Their payroll was like a top two, top three payroll. Uh-huh. They bought, they absolutely bought their championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, you know, Boston sports in general, they like to have this view of like, oh man, we just put our head down, we grind. Which, like, and Kevin Garnett kind of embodied that persona too. You know what I mean? Not that, not, not so glitzy, not so glamorous. They just, they kind of work and they're that it's, gritty. They're gritty. They love to use that fucking word. They We're, basically rode the wave of Bill Russell, like all the way back oh, from yeah. the 60s. Yeah. And Larry Bird, yeah. you know, and, and so because of like past uh, stars on their team, they have this like reputation for being, yeah, very workmanlike blue collar. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and and I think that's, that's why, true or not. and that's why, you know, um, LA is such an easy target because yeah, it, it, it's, it just appears so much more superficial. Like it, you know, people don't like the idea of, someone getting something that they had they don't they haven't earned you know mm-hmm. i'm just talking in life in general like, yeah yeah you don't like that i don't like that i don't think anyone enjoys seeing that so and you get that feeling whenever you see the lakers you know right um but you know what like forget about the fact that these past like four seasons have been like the shittiest yeah seasons in lakers history yeah. you know but the hate, the hate is back on. The hate is back in on. In full for force. Sure. Uh, so you brought up Rich Paul. Um, so how much would you think, like, obviously, like, there's some, there's someone or something that's, like, pulling all the strings, like, behind the scenes. Um, how much do you think, how much power do you think Rich Paul has? Because... I, I think like it's safe to say like uh it would be it would be a safe thing to say that Rich Paul is gonna try to get Anthony Davis to join the Lakers, right? Without a doubt. So how much how much power do you think he has like to be able to pull that? I think he has a ton of power. I think he he has probably the most powerful he has the most power in this situation in my opinion. Like what like I would give it to him like if I were to divide up the power, um, I would say like fifty percent um, New Orleans, forty percent Rich Paul, ten percent Anthony Davis, or something. You know, uh huh. That's a lot of power. He he's he's basically moving the chess pieces around the board. I mean, apart, do you think like he needs to come out and say? Or he and Anthony Davis needs to come out and say, like, 
we're only going to sign a long-term deal with the Lakers? Does it have to go that far? Well, I don't know. Because otherwise, like, how, you know, how is this going to work with brokering a deal to the Lakers without without that being forced? Because, okay, another question. So the so the trade deadline is on the seventh, right? In in eleven days. Do you think that a deal needs to be made uh, before, before this trade before deadline? Because I'm of the opinion, just based on like uh, past history with you know Paul George, yeah, uh, what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard, and the fact that. This the this news uh, came out now. I almost feel like if the Lakers want Anthony Davis, between now and February seventh is going to be the best time. Right. So this is uh, an eleven day window, and I texted you this today. It's pretty much going to make or break this Majinka regime here. Mm-hmm. He's a legacy maker. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I, I think I subscribe to the same idea um, just because, and you, you touched upon it, You nothing is a guarantee. So you have to, if you have the opportunity, you have to grab them. You have to get yeah, strike Davis. while the iron's hot. Yeah, like you cannot miss this opportunity. If anything, if, if Paul George has taught you anything, it's this, nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, you know, Paul George was a more of a guarantee than Anthony Davis. Because Paul George, he actually his his like overtures to to play in Los Angeles was actually he was very overt about it. You know? I don't I don't know if people remember, but he was very open about the fact that he grew up in, you know, the Los Angeles area. He's a local kid. He he actually I don't know, I think he might have been a Clipper fan. But he talked about how much he loves the Lakers. Yeah. Um, and there was even a story about how they were going to trade for him. And Paul George said, no, 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 no. Keep your assets. Don't gut the team. I'm going to come in the offseason. Uh-huh. Like that. So that's not just a rumor. That was a very well-documented like uh, story that came out. So he was a much like bigger guarantee. And yet, he's not in. He's not in purple gold. He's not in. He's not in Laker jersey anymore. So not anymore. But never. He never was. And it, if if you learn anything from that situation, it means you gotta you gotta grab him as soon as you can. I mean, in retrospect, like we know, like you know, Paul George is represented by Aaron Mintz, and uh, the Lakers and Aaron Mintz have, let's just say, not have had the best relationship. Yeah. Throughout the years. So I think that had a lot to do with um, the fact that he ended up staying with OKC. Yeah, Aaron Mintz, he you know he represents uh, Julius Randle, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell. Russell um, you know, two players who were you could say they're you know probably very bitter. Yeah, slighted, they, slighted yeah. by the franchise. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but in this case, but that shows you though how much how much power that the, the agent yeah, has. Yeah, that's you know? true. So in this case, uh, Anthony Davis is is represented by basically an ally right in rich paul and you know i feel like when we say rich paul we're just basically saying lebron james yeah totally because rich paul i mean rich paul and lebron james are like 
They're BFFs. If, if there's a formula out there, <laughs> it's it's Rich Paul equals LeBron James <laughs> equals Clutch Sports. So yeah. any any of those three entities, it's basically the same. Yeah, A same equals thing. B equals C. Yeah. So transitive property or, or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, so so I guess Rich, do you think they need to come out and say? The only team that Anthony Davis will sign for long term is the Lakers. Or can there be another way to uh, get a deal done uh, in the next 11 days without Anthony Davis openly coming out with that? I that's that's a good question. I'm not quite sure because I don't know exactly where the Pelicans are stand, you know, where they are with this. Cuz what what is their uh if 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 that were not to happen, what what is their incentive for dealing him by February 7th? Do they have an incentive? I think the only incentive that they're only guided by the incentive of like what's the max amount that they can get out of Anthony Davis. Right. So, I, I feel like it's like a general um, opinion out there in the media that uh, the team that can actually offer the best deal for Anthony Davis is Boston. Right. And, you know, as we know, Boston cannot deal for him until July 1st because of the Derrick Rose rule. So, um, Wait, so yeah, why don't you explain that rule? Okay, so basically, uh, a rookie can qualify for... Uh, every rookie in the NBA, after their contract is through, um, there's only a cap to how much they can uh, sign an extension for with that team. And certain players that, um, let's say if you like make an all-NBA team in, during your rookie contract, they qualify for an even greater extension. And that that's what's called the Derrick Rose rule, because I, I guess he was the first player to get that extension. And uh, the rule in the NBA is that you cannot have more than one player Per team with that contract and currently Boston has Kyrie Irving uh, under that contract right now so they'll they basically have to wait until Kyrie becomes a free agent and is through with that contract to uh, bring in Anthony Davis so that means so that's sort of a big deal that's a huge deal in yeah. my opinion so that yeah. means the window the best window for the Lakers right now is from now until the trade deadline because the Celtics are not competitors for uh, bidding they're, for Anthony Davis very right, now. right now. Yeah. So um, now everyone says that Boston has like the best assets to uh, bring in Anthony Davis. Yeah, you know, everyone says that. Um, yeah, do you think I that's true? I was going to say, and I, 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 I won't necessarily go out and say I disagree with that, but. You know, a lot of people have been shitting on the Laker assets this year, but but the Celtics assets have not done that great this year as well. Like the players, as a whole, have not done great either. Yeah, so, I mean, do uh, go go on Basketball Reference and do a comparison between Jason Tatum and Kyle Kuzma. You'll be surprised. <laughs> you'll be surprised to see what the You've numbers tell that. you. Even on that, yeah. uh, Kyle oh, yeah. Kuzma versus Jason Tatum. I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> Because look, that that's I think that's a prime example because I think the general opinion is that Tatum is this like untouchable asset, right? 
untouchable also, franchise I think, franchise player yeah i think people kind of view him as a prodigy too you know he's like yeah yeah and but they don't look at kyle kuzma the kyle kuzma is not looked at no, in that way because he's people kind of expect think that he's he's more of a finished product yeah so do you agree uh what's your opinion on like boston's uh quote-unquote assets like what well you know? i think <clears throat> And I thought about this. I think uh, the reason why is because the Celtics can offer picks. Mm-hmm. It's the thing about picks is that you can dream with picks. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like for example, if the Lakers, I mean, this is impossible, right? But I'm just saying, if you're if if you're thinking of, think about the way like something would be framed in like if you can imagine what uh like how much something is worth versus something else right for example if i were to say would you give us you are the new you are the new orleans pelicans right and i say give us anthony davis and we'll give you um lonzo brandon ingram and evita zubats all right uh-huh versus give us Anthony Davis, I'll give you two consecutive years of the number two overall picks and Zubats. Right. You know, they'll you, go with the picks. Yeah. The picks you, sound better. The picks not only sound better, but the picks are like, holy shit, we can get fucking cornerstone like franchise players. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, that's the whole illusion with the picks. I think, like, you can, like, there's a lot more value to it also, but there's this illusion that, like, wow, you could get something really good. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Lakers, it's kind of already materialized, and now you're like, I don't know. These players kind of have, they got their, they have their warts, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the aspect of the Celtics assets that is very enticing for, uh, would be very enticing for the New Orleans. Okay, let, let me ask you a question. Who would you take, player A or player B? Okay, <laughs> player A, 17 points a game, career, Six rebounds a game career, two assists a game career, or player B, 15 points a game, five rebounds, and two assists. <laughs> Who would you take? I, I'm, I, I already know Kyle Kuzma is player A and yeah. Jason Tatum is player yeah, B. I mean, I'm just saying, looking, looking at the numbers, <laughs> uh, their effective field goal percentage is actually the, the, the exact same. That's hilarious. Um, I think it's because Tatum's like... He's two years, two years younger. younger. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally, I think that's a huge difference. And and um, he was able to showcase himself in the playoffs last year, yeah. so that added to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his stock has, yeah, you know, coming off the off the first year, people were unanimously saying, "Holy shit, Jason Tatum should have gone number number one overall. He's gonna be." Yeah, he was the best. Uh, he was like the best prospect of that class, quote unquote. Um, no question. Yeah. Um, he just blew up in the postseason. You know, there was that f- famous exchange between him and LeBron, and LeBron saying afterwards, like, I want to work out with that kid. He's like praising him, right? And then this year happened, and Jason Tatum, you know, he didn't, he kind of fell off the trajectory. People yeah, were expecting him to bit. be like a 20 plus point scorer, you know? Um, but, you know, I think. A big part of that is because there's sort of that too many cooks in the kitchen with Boston. Yeah. But 
hey, that's not our fucking fault. The bottom line is that he has not looked good. You know, mm-hmm. you're right. I think if I think if there were like two or three less players in that rotation, I think Jason Tatum would actually he probably would be averaging like twenty plus points this year. But yeah, you, you know, he's not because for whatever reason, you know. Um, well, he has to, you know, deal with the uh, team killer Kyrie Irving, uh, as <laughs> yeah, you, you know how as I you've feel about uh, Kyrie. stabbed him. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, I I think the the assets are not as great as people say, but nevertheless, New Orleans probably perceives um, Boston's um, assets a little bit higher than than the Lakers. Yeah, and and I I think that they would fully. Uh, throw in Jason Tatum in a deal for Anthony Davis. Yeah, like I think that's happening. If if uh, if he doesn't get dealt here, you know. Uh, so there was a a guy by the name of Brad Turner. I don't know who he is. Uh, he, uh, I guess he covers the Lakers. He he sent out a tweet this morning saying, "Hearing from sources, if Lakers want Anthony Davis, who has requested a trade." <laughs> L.A. has to start the deal with Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Evita Zubats, and number one pick. Yeah, that 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 seems silly to me. Silly, silly how? Like, as in too much silly, or silly as in if the Lakers were proposed, if or if they had proposed that, or if the and they had any chance of happening, or if the Pelicans asked for that, the Lakers would have literally flown these players themselves you think so <laughs> yeah or they should have if they had i think they should have yeah if 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 i'm if i'm magic johnson and del demps offers that deal to me i'm like where do i sign yeah you know as much as and here's another thing if this about, was in fantasy basketball you would have hit accept before it's a, that, it's a accept yeah. yeah here's another thing about lakers fans is that They've, you know, in the one and a half years that we've seen uh, Kuzma and Lonzo, like a lot of fans have grown very like attached to them, you know. Yeah. Uh, I texted you earlier today that I'm scouring through comments uh, from Laker fans, and you know, one of the big one of the big uh, opinions is like, as long as we keep Lonzo. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know, I know you feel a certain way about that. Yeah. Um. But that's that. A lot of people feel that way, you know. And uh, I don't know if you saw this uh, tweet by Shams. Mm-hmm. He tweeted something uh, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll read okay. you this tweet. Okay. All right, let's, let's hear it. Sources say, <laughs> should Lakers Pelicans trade talks pick up? Point guard Lonzo Ball's camp prefers Ball to be moved to a third team that doesn't have an established point guard. Oh, because they have Drew Holiday. Yeah. Well, that's tough titties, man. So, so that's <laughs> okay. So, first of all, I think this is a very, really interesting, interesting news because one that it, you've heard from the Lakers camp or uh, uh, Lonzo's, Lonzo's camp. I mean, it's basically Lavar. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's almost like a concession. I feel like. Yeah. Because the Lavar we know would be like. <laughs> There's no way the Lakers are going to trade Lonzo. Yeah. Like, the LeVar we know would be like, Lonzo's a Laker for life. Yeah. 
but this is uh this is diver well ver- this is diverging from i just want to say though lavar he would have been a laker for life if you didn't fuck up his shooting form <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah so you have only yourself to blame but anyways yeah go back going he, pro- back he to- probably blames luke walton but yeah, um probably so so i think you know this it, it's this isn't a mission that i i feel like um warrants attention because it's like okay this shit is a little bit too real for for Lonzo and Lavar, you yeah. know. Um, basically, he's saying that they don't want they don't want uh, if if the Lakers trade Lonzo, they don't want him ending up on the Pelicans, which is like another. Could you see Lavar fucking things up for the Lakers here? Well, here's the thing that I I want to I'm gonna just throw out here right now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I could see in the next coming days or weeks um, something leaking from the Lonzo, quote-unquote, Lonzo camp, uh-huh. a.k.a. LeVar Ball. Yeah. Um, basically saying something about how, um, you know, his, his injury could be actually very serious. The ankle, well, it's an ankle sprain, though. Right, but still, I think like we could hear something about. There's whispers of like something being very, it being very, very serious. Like I can absolutely see that because that's exactly what they did in this past off season. I mean, it was a it was a rumor, but you you feel like oh my they god, they purposely dude. Uh, yeah delayed his uh, rehab. Yeah, it's because why didn't they do that just right off right at the uh, the start of the off season? I don't know. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I I think that's I think I'm just calling it right now. I'm saying it's very possible. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's when Magic and Rob will be like, "No fucking way, not not again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm wondering like, what is Lonzo Ball's trade value out there, like in the league? Because you know, um, it's been it's been said that uh, teams are still pretty high on Brandon Ingram. Right, that right. recently I came be. out. Yeah, I would be. So sure. I'm wondering what the market value. Obviously, Kuzma. I feel like everyone knows like where he where he stands value wise. I'm wondering what the perceived value of Lonzo Ball is. Well, right first now. of all, would you say that Kyle Kuzma has more trade value than Lonzo Ball? See, I feel like I feel like people would debate that. Yeah. Uh, for me. I would say yeah, Kalkuzma has more trade value because you can plug him into like any situation and he'll produce. You know, and also another thing too, one of the reasons why I agree is also because I think Kalkuzma's contract is it's one of the best fucking bargains in in all. Yeah, that's. I mean, he's he's on a late first round yeah uh, contract exactly. Uh, But the big thing, yeah, and Lonzo. uh, So you think Lonzo's value is? what well so the thing about lonzo is that i think um the only like the only thing that i think that lonzo has going for him is that i think people think he's intriguing you know he's an intriguing talent and i i understand that i i subscribe to that if i was a an opposing uh team i'd be very intrigued by that because everything other than the shooting is like this guy could be the best point guard in in basketball for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think he's got all the tools to do that. Um, so that that would intrigue me 
It's just the fact that his shooting is such a big question mark is the reason why I'd be very hesitant. He has a he has a high ceiling. Extremely high ceiling. Higher ceiling than Kuzma, obviously. What about uh, Brandon Ingram? Does he have the highest ceiling amongst the, the young players on the Lakers? I would say no, because I think um, because the shooting is so bad and it is at I, I'm and I, I, I've been saying this over and over historically bad. And I say that over and over because you need to get that through your thick head listeners. If you are a Lonzo uh, stan, yeah, it is historically bad. So I think that for that reason, I think uh, Ingram's um, ceiling is higher. Like okay, in your in your opinion, uh, between Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, who is the most who who has more intrigue to their like? Well, yeah, I think Lonzo potential. has more. I think Lonzo has more intrigue. Uh, Ingram Ingram himself has a lot of intrigue too. Oh, for I sure, feel like. he's a guy who can guard five positions. He's guarded five positions this year. You know, I find him. I find him to be still like pretty enigmatic as a basketball player. Well, also pretty raw too. He still seems pretty raw. Yeah, like uh, take like yesterday's game for example. Yeah. So Ingram uh, posted what like twenty two points. He on like nine Shot for eleven well, yeah. shooting, and even even like a performance like that, I I still I feel like it's still a mixed bag with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Like if you're that, the fact that he only took like eleven shots, you he should have gone for forty. Yeah, it's like did, did, is he the type to like you know yeah put up like huge numbers like that uh i i think it's almost safe to say that he he's not going to become an elite scorer in the nba would you say would you agree with that like i don't know if he has mm-hmm. the chops to be to ever ever average like over 25 a game yeah maybe not i don't know um he kind of strikes me as a guy who is more of like a swiss army knife type of yeah very versatile which i think if he's at that very top end of that like the swiss army type of player there are i don't know i mean i don't think there are even three players that are like that in the nba so his value would still be extremely high he just wouldn't be uh, a top flight franchise player in the most traditional sense you You don't think you don't think uh peak ingram there's three players that can match peak ingram is that what you're saying? I, I mean, and when I say peaking ground, I'm saying he would have to fulfill that ridiculous right. potential, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I would think so. Okay. Because his skill set and his physical attributes are so, they're so unique, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and also in terms of fit, um, he's probably the least best fitting out of the three, which is also, I think, also leads to sort of a conundrum as to who you want to deal in the package yeah. you know yeah yeah for the most part i would say laker fans uh if they can trade any of these young players like ingram's the top of their list which is for crazy. the general for the average laker fan that's what i'm <laughs> seeing anyways but at the same time it's like if you have a team of lebron and uh anthony davis and you have you don't you don't need to um you don't need to score on the offensive end, I feel like. And that defensive end would be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know? L- arms for days, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking length. 
so wingspan so, for days so the uh the perspective lonzo the perspective combination of uh lebron lonzo and ad doesn't intrigue you at no, all No, that definitely intrigues me too yeah I, that 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 defense as well would also be crazy and imagine like just i mean that would i know like the last episode we like took a big shit on lob city lob city <laughs> clippers like that would yeah. be like kind of like the new lob. Oh, i couldn't sure. imagine just just lobs for days like lonzo yeah. just throwing it yeah. up and lebron and yeah anthony davis just like throwing those down like all day long you know yeah. so that that's a, a really intriguing pairing but he is under uh some fire right now lonzo with the prospect of him uh moving to another team uh you know who else is under a lot of fire right now is luke walton right yeah uh did you hear what um stephen a smith said this morning (laughs) no what did he say uh i mean not that we're like huge stephen a smith uh fans or anything but he said that um is, there's no secret that Magic's like not fond of, very fond of Luke. Yeah. Right. Um, Matt, uh, so Stephen A. Smith reported that his sources told him that uh, if Luke Walton is to keep his job in the future, that he would have to um, hire assistant coaches to Magic's liking, and that if if he is let go, Magic already has someone in mind to replace oh my God. Luke Walton. Uh, this person is a current head coach in the NBA. So it's not Mark Jackson. Okay, Thank we can rest assured. Fucking God. Dude. We can rest assured that he's not looking at Mark Jackson as, as the head coach for the Lakers. Um, wow. So would you care to guess? Head coaches are. Would did you he, care did to he guess? say? Did no, he name who the... No, oh. no. But, but... I, I, I know his Byron is Byron's got a head coach. No, no. Holy he's shit. He's on the he's on the jump right now. Oh uh, god. But dude. uh I have a very strong guess as to who I think Magic is thinking of. Really? Yeah. Current okay, well I gotta know who all the current NBA head coaches are. Um that's interesting. I mean it has to be someone that has tie, that has had ties with him because mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy Magic is, you know. He's he's a guy who, yeah. Um, let's see. So there is Buttonholzer. He's not going anywhere. Dwayne Casey. I don't think he would just uh, sign a deal with the Pistons. Yeah, Popovich, Rick Carlisle. I would love Rick Carlisle actually, but I don't think it's him. Uh, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers strikes me as a guy that is a very, very Magic Johnson coach. I can kind of see that, but that's not who I who I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, David Fisdale. I think David Fisdale kind of has that Magic feel to him too. Doesn't have any ties with the Lakers though. Does, yeah, that's true. D'Antoni, no way that that would happen. It's someone who has ties with David Fisdale. Who I'm oh. guessing. Interesting. You mean Eric Spolstra? Yeah. Oh shit! That's my guess. I would fucking love Who's, that. Actually, I mean, who? I mean, who is who is who hired Spolstra? Pat Riley. Yeah, there you go. That's intriguing. I would, I would love Eric Spolstra. So, where do you think Spolstra ranks like amongst current NBA head coaches right now? Is he a top five? 
coach? Uh, I would put him. I'm looking at this list right now. I would put him top five. Like sure. I would say, who who are the top coaches? There's Popovich, right? Daytona. Brad Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. Uh, I would put Carlisle. Carlisle. Yeah. Wait, you would put D'Antoni? I think you gotta. I mean, he's considered actually one of the greatest offensive coaches Mike, of all time. Mike and Tony, no D and D'Antoni. <laughs> D'Antoni. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I I think you have to. I mean, I know your hate exp- extends beyond James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just strikes me as like. He'll get you like, right to the crust, but he he won't get you to the top. Like that's my. I mean, I don't that's know. That's my image I, of him. There's only there's only so many. There's literally only one coach that can win an NBA championship every year. So I think. It's I mean, a it's bit been unfair. well documented to, that while he was the head coach of the Lakers, like they just like didn't practice any defense. Like yeah, nothing. Right. I, I I personally think he was dealt a pretty shitty hand though. Yeah, he was. He was. So, he was. Um, like, he's been successful basically everywhere else. Yeah, right? and he's. Yeah. He's revolutionized the game. Um, but okay, I mean, even if he's not, yeah, Spolster is right there. He's okay, six, wait. Popovich, Brad Stevens, Rick Carlisle. I mean, yeah, I guess you have to put Spolster up there because he's like one of the few coaches that have won I mean, he's an won NBA two. title. And I, Doc Rivers. Dude, Would you I, put Doc Rivers up there too? No, I, I'm not. I, I, I you're never not a, thought You're that. not a fan of uh, Doc fan Rivers, of Doc huh? Rivers. No. <laughs> I'm, it's not even just because he's a former Celtic coach. I just... I feel like anybody could have won a championship with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and uh, Ray Allen. Three, like, surefire uh, Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, I would fucking love Eric Spolstra. I think of all the coaches that LeBron has played for, Eric Spolstra was the best one by far. Well, you're, I mean... And he's a guy... From a group of, like, Tyron Lue, David Blatt, and Mike Brown. That's very true. Yeah. But, you know, and I think he commands he commands some respect from, from LeBron. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how their relationship ended up, like, being at the end of his, at, at the end of his time in Miami. But, yeah. you know, it definitely was, like, pretty rocky to start. It you was know? very rocky. Yeah. I, I mean... And and Spolstra, he's a guy who can. He's shown that he can handle. He can handle the heat, you know. He's a guy who knows that that LeBron went into Pat Riley's office and said, "Get rid of him. I want you, Pat, to coach the team." Yeah. And Eric Spolstra knew that. Yet he still coached the team and still led the team to help lead the team to the championship. So, I I, I don't think it's him though. Although I would love Eric Spolster. I don't think it's him. I mean, who who would be like the most like Magic Johnson higher than? I don't know. I, I Magic Johnson's such a he's so nutty. You <laughs> he's know, just so crazy. Like dude. You, you said it, because I, I agree. I, I feel like and this and I see this all the time, like especially in like college sports. It's like when, when there's like a former great player that becomes like an executive yeah. for a team. Like they, they usually do not go outside of like what they know, you know, they don't, they do, they don't, when they do hires, like they do not do any research. They They, don't consider players that they're not familiar with. They always go with, with gut reactions. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you, what do I feel in my gut? And it's like, you can't make fucking executive decisions that way in any in any form of business yeah uh you know i i look 
uh, a perfect example is like both UCLA and USC football. Yeah. The reason why, the biggest reason why these two programs have been in the tank as of late is that they've only hired up until, you know, the UCLA broke the mold with Chip Kelly. But before that, they only hired people that they knew, like former players, yeah. people with ties to their school. And that has never worked out. And I feel like a guy like Magic Johnson is going to go that route of like wanting to hire someone he knows. And here's another thing too, to piggyback off what you just said. Um, you know, really great players, they are a victim of their own success. And what I mean by that is um, they don't, they have no desire or they feel no need to expand their knowledge base and they just think i remember how i remember what it was like to win a championship i'm just gonna repeat rinse repeat and plug play like know yeah. what i know yeah to recreate that magic pun intended you know what i mean like then that's what he that's essentially what magic johnson does he he's sticking with what's familiar to him and i i can't imagine magic johnson like coming into the office and be like all right let's look at some of these advanced stats and let me see if i can he does not strike me as an analytics guy <laughs> at all and like to him he's like more of like nah dude i've been there i've won five rings like i know how to win and i know i know what you know i know i, I know I, i've been there so yeah um i just can't imagine him kind of like expanding and and evolving into like what today's like nba climate is on how to build a championship yeah so he's got a lot of work cut out for him um you know not uh of course like with the head coaching situation also but um more uh up front and center what what's going to happen with anthony davis um i know well here's actually for- i there's one actually thing that I, i'm curious about though is so are we basically accepting the fact that Rob Polinka has no he, he essentially has no power? The way I'm gonna choose to look at how things are run right now is that um when it comes to like the big fish, the big <laughs> big ticket items, I think it's gonna be Magic's call. That's the thing, that's what's so concerning to me though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. Is that it's like everything is magic this, magic that. We're never we're never hearing about Rob Palinka feels that right dot dot dot. That's I mean, a, you you generally do not want your like front office executive. We we don't want to know their feelings. No, no, no. Yeah, not at all. Um, but it's like I have not heard a peep from what like come what's coming from the mind of Palinka, and yeah. that is very concerning to me because I don't know. I actually strike Palinka as a very intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a I guy think said who's, that. Yeah, yeah, and he's a guy who was not good at the game. You know, he played Division One basketball at Michigan, but clearly he was a guy who was not good, and he fits that mold of like, well, because I'm not go- I'm not good, I've got to really learn the game and learn all the facets of it. Yeah. So he's and he's got an MBA. I mean, he's just, the dude is like extremely intelligent. So I feel like he would be the kind of guy who would been like, you know, had like Brad Stevens been available and was not hired by boss, he would be like, well, maybe we can consider a guy like Brad Stevens. You know, like he would do that outside the box kind of thinking. Yeah. So the fact that he is at the helm at GM, yet 
we're I guess we're all pretty much accepting the fact that it's Magic's show, though, right? Like I feel like uh, this is just completely my guess, but like with the Lakers, I'm gonna go with the uh, opinion that when it comes to like the max contracts and the max deals, that's Magic's show, and then like all the other smaller contracts, basically all the worker bee shit. Yeah. That is I can so totally sad. see can't that you see so that depressing. How, can't you see that being the way things are run like yeah. you know that's um, crazy so it's it's all on magic yeah i mean you know the way here. i feel like the way it should be is rob polinka and it's not but the way it should be is rob polinka's running the show and if there's a guy that he thinks that we should get magic should be like who do you think you think we should get this guy all right i'm going to do all that i can to get on a fucking uh you know, playing and bust out my insane charisma. Because that's what I know. I completely concede that Magic has. He's got, if it was a video game, he just put all his skills into plus 100 charisma. Like, he just fucking <laughs> leveled that shit up and, like, leveled up nothing else. You know what I mean? So, that's that's how, that's the way it should be working out. Um, but it's not. I think... Yeah. It's, it's a little sad. So. Yeah, so Magic has a lot of work cut out for him uh, with this Anthony Davis situation. And, I mean, I think, it's no, I think it's no secret that the Pelicans are pretty pissed off at the Lakers right now. <laughs> but why, though? I mean, did you hear about all the tampering stuff that came out today? No, what so happened? They're, so they're, uh, the, the Pelicans basically released a statement on, on, on the news. And they're saying, you know, we heard the news about Anthony Davis. I'm paraphrasing here, but they they said that we heard about, we talked to Anthony Davis. So we're disappointed in his decision, but our priority is to win a championship for New Orleans, and we're going to do everything we can to strike the best deal. We're not going to um, succumb to anyone else's timeline on that deal, and we put in a request to the league to investigate tampering oh i didn't i didn't see that so basically it's like screw you lakers like you know know. that's so interesting though is that uh so the whole laker mystique you know and the the thing that you were mentioning laker exceptionalism uh, and the blah 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 entitlement shit that's been around for forever right since the lakers were in the league it's been around as long as jerry buss has been the owner yeah but this whole like tampering like oh we're gonna file tampering charges thing has been like it's been kind of a recent thing right like within the last i don't know how many years yeah with and and i feel like most of it is towards the lakers i feel like it's all towards i mean you know first magic opening his mouth about and, Paul George, yeah, yeah, and doing the wink, wink, yeah, and then uh, which I feel like that was kind of yeah, <laughs> that was that was, so that was stupid, really dumb. <laughs> Just set the tone for what we thought of him as a as an executive right there, right out yeah. the gate, and then uh, and then you know LeBron's, which I thought was like a like a of course statement of like oh yeah I would love to play with Anthony Davis <clears throat> yeah, and so now. Um, but that's the thing. Now they want that, to now they want the league to like investigate further yeah. tampering. Like this whole like constant like it seems like anytime anything happens or any story or any quote or any tweet that comes out, these these organizations, these small market organizations are just like, oh my god, 
file it in file file this shit to the tamper like i want there's there's been tampering i want some investigation to happen it's like yeah let's let's be very real about what happens in the nba i feel like tampering happens all the time everyone does it also and that's why uh mitch got fired essentially that's not the main reason obviously there's you know two names um timothy and dang but the other main reason why he got fired was because he was such a, a like stand-up dude like he refused to contact like free agents before um what was it the moratorium or yeah. like the, the deadline yeah for when you can sign he would literally abide by that rule so steadfastly that by the time the the uh the you know the the clock would start where you could contact these free agents these free agents were already signing elsewhere because all these other fucking GMs were tampering. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Like every July first, yeah, there's a reason why you see Woj just like blasting out tweets like the minute midnight strikes with like deals, like right. people signing here, people signing there. It's like, is what you're gonna negotiate a contract in like five <laughs> seconds? Like, it's, it's it's obvious that tampering happens in the exactly. NBA all the and time. that is why Mitch one of the reasons why Mitch Kupchak got fired because he'd pick up the phone as soon as July first happens and he's dialing these free agents there and they're like bro I didn't know you you were interested you should have contacted me before yeah, that he's basically like at his desk at like 11 <laughs> 55 just like yeah. staring at the clock like yeah. wait waiting to like pick up the phone yeah um but Exactly. I, that just shows you, though, that tampering is fucking rampant. But so for me, the fact that every little tiny thing that comes out that they're running to mommy and daddy of like, oh, the Lakers are tampering is just such a. I'll call it what it is. It's such a bitch, bitch ass move. It's a really bitch ass move. It's it's sour grapes. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it would have been a, it could have been a different situation if the Pelicans were like a playoff team right now. Right, right. Like, I mean, what if they had like the fourth best record in the West? Then I don't. Then maybe this news of Anthony Davis wanting to be traded doesn't come out. But you know, I mean, my whole thing is like, you know, with all this other shit, why like when um, Kevin Garnett got traded to Boston, why wasn't there any tampering charges being filed there when LeBron was putting putting his fucking you know, super team in Miami. Why wasn't there any talk of tramp, uh, tampering there then, you know? Like, why is it always just the Lakers constantly? Yeah, being, that's true. It's crazy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's always only with the Lakers. And the Lakers are like the only team that like gets their trade vetoed also. Yeah. I, I, and I was going to bring that up too. I feel like this is a fucking makeup call right here. And it's actually the irony of it. I love it. It's, it's New Orleans again. Yeah. And Del yeah. Demps, right? Yeah. So there nobody better be fucking touching this deal. Like like Adam Silver owes the Lakers a solid. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know? And you know, I This is makeup. This is makeup time right like here. Like we like we just talked about like the guys on our team right now. It's like very uh, just a lot of intrigue, curiosity with these players. Yeah. And I I think you can make a case that the Lakers can offer just as good of a package as any other team. These are, I hundred percent believe that if Ingram went to the Pelicans, starting this year for the rest of the season, he'd average twenty a game. For sure, he'd get to eat first. 
and he would be yeah i mean just look at d'angelo russell that guy got shipped off to uh the nets his stock and his um perceived value and, and perceived ability was worse than ingram at the time and he he's like a 20 point scorer i have no doubt that ingram if he if he got all the looks and he got all he, he was given the keys to the offense and people are like do whatever you want to do dude they would he would he would people would realize how how gifted this kid is yeah and uh kuzma too kuzma he would average maybe like 24 a game maybe because you know no one's gonna tell him not to shoot anymore right and kuzma's what i'm looking at his contract right now he's he's making 1.7 this year next year he's making two and the year after that he's making 3.6 i mean nobody is getting bamboozled or nobody's getting like the shit end of the state even the the chris paul trade that was i still stand stand by the fact that that was a that was a really good deal for chris paul you mean what the lakers gave up yeah was it a good yeah basically what Pau Gasol and lamar odom well they also got um they all, i think they got Dragic in that deal too because it was like a three wasn't like a i think houston got in on that deal no okay. it was lamar odom Actually, it was. Yeah, I, I could think look it, it up was real quick. Pau Gasol, no, uh, Lamar it was Williams, a, it Scola. Was a, it was a three-team. And uh, it was a three-team deal for sure. Um, I would just say, like, I think they got like three borderline All-Star te- uh, players from that because Drakic is actually a hell of a player. He still is. Um, let's see. Uh, so Pau Gasol would go to the Rockets. Yeah. And New Orleans would get. Kevin Martin, Luis Scola, and Lamar Odom, and Dragic, Goran right? Dragic. That's a fucking phenomenal <laughs> yeah. deal, dude. Yeah. And this is for Chris Paul, you know. I I don't know. That's a that is a fucking playoff. At that time, that was a playoff team right there. And people didn't realize how good Dragic I mean, was. Dragic was a borderline. I think he actually made it to an All Star team. When yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's been an All Star. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Del Demps accepted. He clicked accept. <laughs> he did. You know? Uh, so yeah, they they owe us one. The league, God damn, owes thinking back, that's one. a damn good solid return for Chris Paul, actually, for a guy that held a franchise hostage. Yeah, that's a solid. Like, I solid. wonder what they ended up. What um, well, Anthony Davis is. What no, what what uh, New Orleans actually ended up with when they traded Chris Paul to the Clippers. Um, do you remember who was involved in that? I don't know if um, it was as good as what. No way. I don't know if it was good. Was good those what the Lakers um offered <clears throat> let's see let's look this up real quick now i'm getting fired up man we gotta get anthony davis <laughs> uh clippers trade from new orleans man chris paul's been tra- traded twice okay so what, what did we say new orleans on the previous deal that didn't go through they got kevin martin louis scola Lamar Odom and Dragic, right? Right. This Four is, solid. They would they would be your starters, right so there. Do you, okay. So do you know? Uh, I'll, let me tell you what they ended up with. Okay. Okay. So this is and this is when David Stern said, "Give me the phone. I'll play GM now. Go sit. Go sit on the couch, Del Demps. Yeah. I can get you a better deal. Yeah. So New New Orleans ended up with Eric Gordon. Yeah. Who I'll say right now was the centerpiece of that deal. Okay. <laughs> All right. Chris Kamen. Oh my God. Al Farouk Aminu. Oh my God. And Minnesota's unprotected 2012 first round pick. 
which I don't remember who who that was. Um, and on top of that, I think uh, the year after. Well, that's uh, when they got the number one pick. That's how they got the number one pick, though. The year after, yeah, they it miraculously the yeah, it was a makeup. It's won a the fucking, lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the league they they owe they owe the Lakers. They owe the Lakers one. Also, it's like you do fucking you do fucking owe us. You know why? Because it's way more fun when the Lakers are good. The league is so much better when the Lakers are good. You know? Yeah, I mean uh, yeah, I guess so. For sure. I dude. guess so. Um people pay more attention. When, yeah. when the when the Lakers are relevant, um, I don't know if that's like, I don't know how much of that is our personal bias because we're Lakers fans, but um, I would say generally people would agree with that. <clears throat> um, did you hear also hear that uh, I think um, Kevin Durant had a <laughs> one of your favorite players had a had a quote about everything that's going on right now. He said, uh, "Yeah, he said like something about government shutdown, right?" He said, he, "Yeah, well, we talk about it like we um, we talk about all the we talk about everything in our locker room, and yeah." Um, he's like, "Why don't make a big deal out of out of it? Like, it's not yeah, it's not like the president's shutting down the government." Um, so I thought that was it's a very peculiar statement to yeah, make. Yeah. So uh, yeah, these next. 11 days are going to be really interesting. You know, I'm of the opinion that a deal needs to get done before February 7th. I think he's on his way. Is he on his way, like, soon, like, in the next month? Or? Well, I think, it ha- I think it's going to happen soon. No, I think it's going to happen. I think I think the Lakers, um, they're, they feel like now... Now the fact that Anthony Davis is officially available, it's like, let's squeeze out another year of contention now. Because this year was supposed to be a uh, gap year. Yeah. It was supposed to be a throwaway. Yeah. And now the fact that Anthony Davis is available, it's like, you're playing with house money now. If Anthony Davis joins the Lakers this season does that make the lakers a contender this year without a doubt you think so yeah i think so i think so. lebron and anthony davis those two you would go to war with i go to war the the golden state warriors i I would go to war i'm not saying that we'd be favored but i'm gonna be watching every game expecting a win (laughs) i'm gonna be watching every game i mean even even uh even with how boogie's playing right now because he looks like i mean he looks really good yeah, and that kills me too, man. Every time, yeah, it kills me, man. Yeah, because he, you remember, he he wanted to come to L.A. I mean, I still don't know what happened there. Yeah, with like I, that 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 botch deal, you know. Um, just uh, that kills me, man. We signed fucking Michael Beasley with that money. The guy yeah. who forgot to wear wear his his Laker jersey or Laker shorts. In, you know, yeah, when the yeah. game started. I mean, oh man. But I would still, I would still do it. I don't think Boogie Cousins can handle. I don't. Nobody can handle Anthony Davis. You know. I mean, I, I, I think Boogie can still. I, he can still impact the game, though. Like, yeah, you know? he can impact the game, but it's kind of like, you know, uh, 
the Warriors are, it's just, they're so fucking good. It's like, you know, in a video game, I'm going back to another video game analogy, but it's like when you rank up a player from like a rating or like, let's say even just NBA Live or uh, NBA 2K, uh, an NBA 2K game, it's like you go from a rating of a 95 to like a 96. It's like, doesn't fucking mean anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, at some point, it's just the diminishing returns, you know? You're not going to like, you can only get so much better because at the end of the day it's got to be five guys on the court at one at at any given time right i mean they have five all-stars you know on the court so um yeah i would so i would still yeah i would still go for it you know and i think yeah lebron anthony davis yeah i i would still go to war with that this year and i think the lakers are thinking that i absolutely think that they're thinking okay anthony davis is now available and he's available this year Let's just try to fucking squeeze him in and just see how let's see how it plays out this year. And I think LeBron's thinking that too. Yeah. I was never it always seemed peculiar, right? It always seemed weird that LeBron was like, nah man, it's all good. This year is a total growth year. Now that Anthony Davis is available, you know LeBron is just pining for Anthony Davis to get into the fold this year so that they can make a a crazy ass run. Yeah. I mean the good thing is that Anthony Davis might be just about the only player in the league where it's like there's just about nothing that's too much for him. So like trading for Anthony Davis, it's like really hard to fuck up that trade if you're the one getting Anthony Davis. You know? Right. It's the like, way to fuck up that trade is if you included LeBron James in that Or trade. like what, like five draft five first round draft like right. something crazy. Walker. It's Marshall like Walker. Yeah. There's like it's really hard to like yeah. really screw up this trade for if you're the one getting Anthony Davis. Yeah. So um, that's one thing that Magic has on his side. You know, if, if we were talking about a player, <clears throat> even another like first tier player, like um, like I don't know Paul George or something like that. Even he has like limitations on what you're willing to give up for for paul george but anthony davis is like the one player in this i can't think of anyone you're basically here's what you're saying in a very roundabout way is that it's such a no-brainer it's really hard to fuck it up for example like a really good fucking gm that is worth their money the way they are the way they prove that they're good is through the margins is when you make like all these like under like like moves small tiny moves micro moves like getting these players here and there and like dumping salary here and there and it just you realize how good it is later like just making these tiny moves on the margins like andrew friedman for the dodgers is a perfect example he he gets all these like really like um like super sleeper picks that's that's the, the the proof of like a really good gm this right here nobody like you can't fuck that up yeah it's like obvious. magic yeah magic yeah. is like he, he he all he needs to do is get the guy you know he just needs to say what do you want we'll give it to you so even he can't fuck it up essentially yeah. what you're saying i mean houston earlier this year houston was like rumored to have been putting together a package of four first round draft picks for jimmy butler <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and that that that's not I'm crazy to, think to me that, that wasn't true yeah, I mean um, it was thrown out there. Yeah, but with with the with the Lakers, Anthony Davis deal, like, 
yeah, almost impossible to screw this one up. If, yeah, for sure. you know, like by giving too much, there is no too much. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, the trade deadline is February seventh. Uh, I'm sure we'll get together and have another podcast episode before then. We might do like a welcome like a tra- to a tra- welcome to LA. I'm Anthony hoping Davis I'm hoping we podcast. do a welcome to LA Anthony Davis podcast uh, in the next couple of weeks. Here, um, I was gonna say we might. Maybe we'll do like a, a trade deadline episode. Yeah. You know, leading up to the trade deadline. But um, Oh yeah, we should do a podcast leading up to the trade deadline. But uh yeah. I mean there's only one thing on our minds right now. Anthony Davis. He he's twenty five, by the way. I looked up his age. Again. Yeah, he's twenty five. He's yeah. so young. He's dude. two years older than Kakuzma. That um, is so crazy. That means even like even on the conservative side, that means like eight more years of like prime Anthony Davis, you know. That's so crazy. Injuries notwithstanding, so he is a walking thirty twenty. Like the numbers that he's putting up this year are like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, oh. Man. So we got it. We uh, you know got to get him. Got to get him. Yeah. So we'll we'll end the podcast here on that note. Uh, we're cautiously optimistic. You you might you sound pretty optimistic. Actually. Yeah, I feel good. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I would like to like, and I don't know if like the Pelicans would consider this tampering, but I would like for a statement to come out and be like, I want to come to the Lakers. That would make me feel a lot better about things <laughs> personally. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that would, that would really put the nail in just the whole villainizing the Lakers. <laughs> You think that you think if that happens and Anthony Davis becomes a Laker, that the the Lakers would be more villainous than the Warriors right now? No, I think it, the they Warriors, wouldn't, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the Lakers. Would so be. let's not forget about the team in Northern California <laughs> when it comes to villains. Yeah. Um. So that, but that would, you know, coming out and saying that he wants to sign with the Lakers, that would make me feel pretty good about things. Yeah. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Um. So with that said, we can end the podcast here. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. And um, be sure to check us out for our reactions on what's to come uh, during the last few days here till the NBA trade deadline. So with that said, we will sign off for now and we will talk to you again next time. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.